I'm going to open up in prayer, but I'm going to do it in a different way than what we're used to, where someone just kind of maybe just prays what's on their mind. To get us into a, a uh, spot of learning and a posture of hearing the Spirit right now, I have a prayer from a prayer book I want to read, and it's about the resurrection. Um, so if everyone can just kind of get in a, uh, sit upright, um, get your, everything out of your hands right now um, to be in the best spot to hear from God right now. Um, close your eyes, start just breathing in through your nose and out of your mouth, and just kind of get in a place of peace, and I'll get into a spot to pray. Let us rejoice because heaven and all its angels are singing. May we rejoice now with the whole earth and bring forth God's praise. Let us rejoice and be glad, O church. Let us rejoice because one day you will return. Let us resound with the praises of your people for Christ's resurrection. Joy has come to the whole earth. O Almighty God, we come to seek the living, the living God among us and to follow Christ as he goes before us into eternal life. Let us hope in his resurrection in our praises as it leads us to be more faithful witnesses and more joyful in service through Jesus our Lord who lives and reigns in glory everlasting. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so sometimes we're going to jump into the text, and usually when I speak through a text, I go verse by verse and I break it down, but that's not really what this message is about. This message is more contextualizing what you guys will talk about later. So I, we're going to sit in 1 Corinthians 15, if um, you could, if you have a Bible on your phone or whatever you have access to, I would just suggest you pull that up. 1 Corinthians 15. 15, I'll be referencing it back and forth, but I will be also referencing other things in the Bible, and I don't expect you to go there, okay? Okay, cool. So I'm just going to read the text, um, but if you guys need a bit more time to get there, just let me know. Would a couple more seconds let you guys get there? Hmm? 1 Corinthians 15. It's before uh, 2 Corinthians, after Romans after 14th Corinthians. I hope that helps narrow it down. All right, so 1 Corinthians 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the good news I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed it in vain, for I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, namely that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive, even though some have died. Then he appeared to James and then all the apostles, and last of all, to me, one who was untimely born. For 
I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me, whether then it was I or they, so we preached, so you believed. Okay, so the, the goal of today is for me to proclaim Jesus' resurrection and hope that you guys believe and hope that you guys search and get more tools to explore your faith for yourself wherever you are on that journey to take another step forward, to dig deeper, and to not stay stagnant. We're going to focus mainly on what Paul says in verse... We'll stay a little bit in 3 and 4 to think about why it was important that Jesus was raised from the dead. Like, why is that an overarching theme? It's in all four Gospels, and it's repeated all the time in the New Testament. Why is that an important aspect to the Christian faith? Well, for two reasons. What's, I'm, I'm thinking in Genesis right now. Actually, I'm, I'm uh, jumping ahead of myself, and I do that quite a bit. When I read that, it's so easy to glaze over what's going on. Like, who here has grown up in church? To say that Jesus has died and rose again is like white noise sometimes. And it's, it's so easy to just get into the rhythm of a, being a Christian. You go to church, you come to Wednesday night group, or you read your Bible every so often, and you try to follow Jesus more. And it's all surrounded around Jesus rising from the grave on the third day. That is something that we can get lost in if we don't refocus why it's important. So now this is what I'm getting to. When we hear um, Jesus died and rose again, if we don't know what story Paul is talking about, we're going to lose everything. Um, who here has seen the Harry Potter movies? Right. So now, like, that was, like, a big movie franchise. It's amazing. So my friends, <laughs> I did not see all the Harry Potter movies at one time. My, uh, one of my best friends and I, we went to the midnight premiere of the last movie, not knowing anything about it. We were so lost. <laughs> one, it was part two of the last book. And there's things happening and like, that are very serious. And we're like laughing because we have no clue what's going on. It would be like someone walking into Avengers Endgame without seeing any Marvel movie. They would be so lost. <laughs> were you lost and confused? Yeah. So like, it's almost like if reading Jesus rose from the dead, rose from the grave on the third day, can sometimes be like walking into a conversation and not really knowing what people are talking about, but you just nod your head because you want to be included. That's kind of what I feel like has happened to me in my own journey with Jesus. It was just presumed that I knew what was going on. And then when I actually kind of like figured it out and dig, dug deeper, I became kind of 
agitated and um, agitated towards those who brought me up in the faith because I didn't feel like they really taught me what the Bible was saying the whole time. And I'll get there. So the story I grew up with, with the Bible, I have this whiteboard here. So it's basically a line, and this way, this way, heaven, and what you can guess here. All right, that basically, this is the message of the Bible. You have your life here, and what really matters is when you die, if you go to heaven or hell. The weird thing is, is that like the Old Testament makes no sense if you read it with that lens. Makes no sense. I talk to people all the time, and they maybe they think about it as like it's about like you know my good outweighing my bad, and then it's just like if my good outweighs my bad, I go here, or like even like a biblical answer would be saying like I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm saved by the works of Jesus alone. So then that's why I go to heaven. But even that is kind of like a half job of the real story. It's like an incomplete explanation of what the Bible is actually, actually communicating. Okay, so in Genesis, God creates the world. And he says it's good. Yeah, the place that we live in right now is good. And then Genesis 1 through 11 is basically this downward spiral. The world is just going up in flames, actually, in water. And then in Genesis 12, we meet this guy, Abraham. And God says, I'm going to bless you. And through your family, Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. Now, all the nations will know who God is. And that's kind of like the general theme of the Old Testament. But then we get through all the books of the Bible, and we get to Deuteronomy. And we get to Moses, and he's supposed to be this great leader to lead the people back into the promised land, back into their homeland after being enslaved for 400 years. And then Moses doesn't even get to go in the promised land, and the book just ends with the people outside of the promised land. It's like an incomplete story, incomplete story. And then, actually, in the Hebrew Bible, Chronicles, that book after Kings, that's like a direct repeat, is actually the last book in the Hebrew Jewish Bible. And that, the, the la- you can look this up, look it up. Second Chronicles, just if you go to the last sentence in that book, it just ends. It's an incomplete sentence. And it says like King Cyrus sent the Jews back home and they went up and it just stops. Basically, the Old Testament is an incomplete story. But what is it an incomplete story of? It's an incomplete story of how God is going to bless the world. Because the whole point of Genesis 3 is to show us that creation is good, but God wishes to redeem it. That it's not about going to heaven or hell isn't the main purpose of the scriptures. That's not the main reason why Paul is saying we have received this message and we are being saved by it. Well, the way that Paul's talking about being saved is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time event that I'm going to heaven. Being saved is being renewed and looking like Jesus each day. That is what Paul is looking at. Looking like 
the Jesus who rose out of the grave. So Paul is actually talking more about, I have something on the other side of this. So Paul, this is more what Paul's thinking and the scriptures are talking about. We have a good creation in the beginning. Heaven and earth are something that's supposed to be united. If you look right after God creates the world in Genesis chapter 1, it says, this is the genealogies of heaven and earth. Not heaven or hell, heaven and earth. That the main goal that God wants to do is unite heaven and earth. Like, think about the Lord's Prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus even echoes this as his main mission. That the goal isn't to go somewhere when we die, but the goal is that we will rise out of the grave just like Jesus. That we actually come back to this world after death and everything will be made new. So the story goes, you know, Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit. This plunges everything into sin and death. So the goal isn't to go to heaven. God's goal is to get the hell out of earth. To get evil, sin, death out of this world that we are currently living in. And that is the unfinished story of the Hebrew Bible, of our Old Testament. That this is something that's unfulfilled. So then in 1 Corinthians, Paul is ecstatic about the resurrection because it means that God is actually going to do what he promised. That God will actually one day show that he's going to renew everything broken in this world. The story continues onward to the cross. And then those who put their faith in Jesus, who trust in his perfect life, that he lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died, we actually get eternal life now, not after we die, but in the present. That Because I am now in Christ, that his life and his resurrection is now living through me, empowering me. I still sin, I still fail, but my life is going in a totally different direction. My attitude and my desires are now changed and being changed every day. And that is what, um, is called eternal life or life to the full. Like my experience, and you, can, you may have your own experiences because I think the Holy Spirit is able to communicate himself to how we best understand. But how my experience with the Holy Spirit and with God is that it's almost like I was listening to a song. Like who's into music here? Like, when I listen to an album, a new album, like Mumford & Sons came out with an album called Delta. I'll listen to that, and I'll just listen to the lyrics, right? And then I'll listen to it, and I'll listen just to the beat. And then I'll listen to just the acoustic, acoustic guitar, and then the rhythm. And then there's, different, there's so many different layers to music. So my life with Jesus, when he entered my life, and as I continue to know him, as I'm being saved day by day by him, it's like now I've heard a part of the song that I can no longer unhear. It's like I've caught onto a new beat. I've caught onto something different, and I cannot see or listen to the song in a different way anymore because it's captivated me. So that is what eternal life is like. So then we both live. A person can be alive and have eternal life, but then those who are not in Christ are in what's called a living death. They're living, 
but they're not living life to the full. Their life is missing that beat. So that is what's called a living death. But we all experience physical death. Physical death. I am a hospice chaplain, which means I see people when they're near death and dying every day. I see death on a daily basis every day. I think about my own death every single day. That the grave, unless um, Jesus returns, that's something we're all going to pass through. Every single one of us. Some of us may have different experiences with death. Some of us may have, um, the only thing we've really experienced with death is a grandparent or maybe a great-grandparent, and that relationship with them may not be super close or it may be super close. Uh, Some of us may have lost friends. Some of us may have lost parents. But we will each have our own experience with death one day. But um, Philippians 2, Paul's talking about Um, That he desires to be with Christ in heaven, but he also desires to keep living, because living is pretty good. So those who, when we die, our soul goes to this intermediate space with Jesus. That's as clear as I know it right now. But our body stays here. The the word um, life or soul is this unified thing. Like, it's our soul and our body together. It's, they're not separate. We are not our soul, our spirit. We are meant to live in a physical space. That's why Jesus rose from the grave, is Jesus too thought it was pretty good to live. So we will wait until he returns, and then we will enter into a new creation, or a, a renewed creation, a renewed world where all the brokenness of this world will be gone. And we will have a resurrection just like Jesus's. Now, Jesus could like walk through walls <laughs> when he was risen from the grave, if you read the Gospels. Just like go to any of the Gospels after Jesus rose from the grave and like he does different things. That is the life that's being promised to all who trust in Jesus. A life without hate. A life without anger. A life without disappointments. A life without doubt. A life without pain. But also, most importantly, it's a life with Jesus. Forever. Live to the full. That This is something that Jesus promises every single one who follows him. So, jumping back to the text, Paul ends up talking about even the witness. I'm going to just talk a little bit about the um, historicity, the historical aspect to Jesus' life and death and resurrection, that we can put faith in it. Um, so Paul references people in his own time, like you could like go talk to people who saw Jesus, which would have been really cool. <laughs> but what's also like we are reading the writings of people who knew Jesus. And then I have this thing called the Apostolic Fathers. So these are people who knew Jesus, not Jesus. They knew the disciples. So they knew people that knew Jesus personally. They saw them live. They saw them die. They listened to them preach. 
We have their writings. That's pretty incredible that we can have historical access to people who saw the events of Jesus and people that knew the people that knew Jesus. And it just blows me away that God has both given us the evidence through the Spirit of the newness of life and also the historical proof together. So, moving onward, John wants to tell you guys about how, what the gospel has to say about your emotions, what the gospel has to say about your performance, and what the gospel has to say about, I'm trying to remember the last thing, shame, yeah, shame. All of those things have to do with living experiences. Because Jesus wants to redeem you. Not for a space, but for a purpose. If there's one thing that you can get out of this is the reason it's important that Jesus rose from the grave and isn't just dead and we believe his spirit is alive somewhere and that when we die, our spirit goes somewhere is that Jesus cares about the world right now too. And he cares about redeeming your life right now too. That when Jesus came out of that grave, everyone uh, in Jewish thought, everyone thought that the resurrection of anyone would happen at the end of the world. Like when God judges the world. That's when people thought the resurrection would happen. So when Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, Jesus is saying that his resurrection Resurrection process, his resurrection project that was promised to Abraham starts now. That God wants to use broken people, redeem them, and to redeem the world. That God wants to unite heaven and earth and partner with us. Thank you. <laughs>